0: Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. And we're back, picking up right where we left off. Tommy Cassell back uh, with us, so uh, welcome, Daylight Burners. We're headed into the weekend, and uh, you know uh, we're we're talking about the uh, about the weather this winter, and we've had a, a doozy of a winter. It, it's uh, <coughs> it's the the winter where. It just makes you want to drink, you know. It just like I, uh, and you you hate hate to feel uh, feel down about it because uh, you're getting good moisture, and you know there's come when that spring finally does roll around. Like there's good moisture in the ground, and uh, and so it's it's gonna be a fun spring, but fuck, it sucks right now.
1: Yeah, I've I've talked to a few guys that you know, it's just getting so late into the season and they're still dealing with this bad weather. And 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 like I said, it's got to wear on a fella. And, and you know, some of these guys are getting really down about it and, you know, need someone to talk to. But, uh, you know, and I try to be there when I can. But, you know, hearing how some of these guys deal with it is – I don't want to say it's all over the place, but – just some of the shit they have to deal with. You can't blame them for
0: the way they cope. Oh yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> you know, and like it, as much as it's kind of sucked here, it sucked for uh completely different reasons. You know, the feedlot's just a a whole different environment than than just about anywhere else. And it's uh, it's a dirty place when it's dry, but man, you you put some moisture in there, and then I mean, we had like, three to four inches of rain, um, on top of, or before, you know, at different, different, um, intervals, but we had, like, an inch 30, and, like, another inch and a quarter, and then after that rain, like, it, it went from rain to right into snow, like, heavy, heavy, wet snow, and, like, the, you know, the kind you want, but then, it just stuck around, then it got cold, cold as shit, and, uh, not Montana cold, but it was pu- approaching Montana cold, and, you yeah, know, we had, we had minus 15, uh, uh, I think, uh, one morning, minus 12 the next, I mean, it was, it was cold for, for a pretty good stretch, you like, and, and not, not getting above freezing either, and, and that, man, that made shit tough. It just made stu- and then it then it'd get to where it uh it'd get above freezing and uh that a whole bunch would melt off. It'd get soupy as shit and then uh then freeze uh, and all those all those ruts and, and you know, just footprints in the in the pin just froze just like that. Just make it rougher in hell on a horse and you know, they're they're always just like like walking on edge and they get sore quick and so all my horses were, were sore footed and we've yeah, it just, I don't want to cripple a horse unnecessarily, you know. And if I don't have to be a horseback right now, I just, I'll, 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 I'll stick to being a foot until it gets, gets to where it's passable on a horse.
1: Yeah. Um, I had some conversations with some guys, you know, they were working at feedlots and we were talking about, you know, the, the time that they have to train their horses and they, and, and very few of them have any time to really train on their horses except when they're doing their job mm-hmm. and they kind of, they, they suffer from the fact that sometimes they got to put a young horse in a position that he might not be ready for, but they've got to get a job done. Yeah. And through the guys I've talked to, that's been kind of the, the common is they've got to get the, the job done And no matter what horse they're on, sometimes they're just not mounted, you know, for the job they need to do. So it puts their horse in a, in a precarious situation. Mm. And then they got to carry that frustration home with them that they really didn't do right by their horse today. And when are they going to make it up? And, and a a lot of them just can't find the time to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, I think a lot of times Guys get to uh, thinking a little bit too much in that clinician mindset, you know, like uh, always doing right by your horse. Cause like we try to, you, you, but at the end of the day, like you said, there's a job and you got to get it done. And, uh, and that horse is a tool to get that job done. And just, uh, you always remind yourself that as, as bad as you're, you're putting a horse in a bad situation, like you're not in any better of a situation. So if you get through it together, that's, that's all that matters, you know? And like, that's, that's doing, but that's doing right by your horses, getting through it together relatively unscathed, you know?
1: Yeah. Cause I, I've heard a lot about the wrecks too. And my goodness, um, I, I just, some of the wrecks I heard about is either through green horses or just that fact you got to put yourself in a position to get the job done and it's not just the horse but even on foot Mm -hmm. um and it's you know i i just i could understand like i said you know what what some of the guys do to cope with this shit they have to deal with and you know what I, i talked to one guy and you know he doesn't get a whole lot of time to train his young horses in the position he's in right now so he said you know when work's done he goes home in the evening and has a couple glasses of whiskey and it'll be 10 11 o'clock at night and he'll go out and grab that horse and just do a little work with him in the yard and just ask him to do a few simple things and that's all he wants out of that horse and when that horse does it he's you know tickled with it so kind of ends his day on a better note than it you know originally started uh yeah you know take some whiskey to get it done
0: yeah and man i got you got to do what you got to do you just you don't overdo it that's that's the thing don't overdo it and uh and like including like sometimes you just say like hey i'm not gonna take that outside horse you know like i got enough shit going on and uh and then there's times where you're just like yeah and if you got good you know good client base they'll they'll understand it's like hey i i can't do it right now yeah. i just I, I and that's it sucks but that's that's a lot of not a lot of times but there's times where like that's just the best solution just like mm, i gotta skip on this one you know and it may suck may hurt the pocketbook but we're used to eating beans you know
1: <laughs> they're cheap yeah <laughs> um but it, it it took me a while to figure that out too just you know there's only so many horses you could take in before you're not doing the horses that you already have doing you know the justice or you know giving them the training they deserve because you're bringing in more horses and you just don't have the time to spend on the ones that you started and yep. boy Matt it took me a long time to figure that out and now I've figured out how to have a routine that, You know, I don't get all my horses worked every day like I should or like I want to. But then I look back and and my horses are going really well for me right now. And so I've learned a routine to keep them all going in good shape and and stay in good training. But, geez, it's it's not it's not only taking time, but maturity to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's. It it's, uh, it's funny how, like how much you realize looking back and you know, it's like, man, I did not know shit. <laughs> and it's like you, you know, and, and, and you thought you were pretty, you know, I never, I never really thought I knew everything, but there was times where I, I thought, well, like, hey, yeah, I, I know this a little bit. And then I look back on, on that period. Now I'm just like, hmm, I didn't know a little bit, but man, I, I really didn't know shit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, 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 and it. you
1: you know what reminds me of those days is these really good days I have on my horses. When I'm I think back and I'm like, I didn't know shit back then. Yeah, and you know the the way the way my horses work this week, you know I kind of wondered if somebody else had been riding them because they just went so well. And that mm-hmm. that reminds me of you know 15 years ago when I'm reining them around the pasture and you know, they're not handling worth of crap. And yeah. so it's the good days that sometimes remind me of those days that, that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's just funny how you, you come to realize it. And like, I, uh, I, and I always just, I realized that I, I know I'm not completely dumb cause I, I'm, I'm smart enough to know when I don't know something. And, uh, uh, that's one thing where I've just, I've always had that mentality. It's like, if I don't know something, I, and it took me a while to get there, I guess. Um, so I won't say I've always had it, but I've, I've, I've developed that, that, uh, like, I, I, I don't get embarrassed to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm not sure what you're, what you're getting at. Like, I, I don't know what we're talking about here. I don't know how to do that. Um, because I've, I've seen some wrecks and, I've uh, been on, a lot of on the receiving end of, of some of those wrecks where a guy says he can do something and then when it comes to it like he don't know what he's doing and I know like there's no uh <laughs> it might, we might give you some shit about not knowing it but there's no there's no harm in telling somebody like hey, I, don't know, I don't know I don't know how to do that and uh it it prevents a lot of a lot of wrecks when when you can just admit like hey, I, I don't know what you're talking about
1: it, it, yeah, it, it, and, um, to me, sometimes, it, it, when you can admit, hey, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, what you're talking about, or I don't know how to do what you're talking about. I mean, that's probably one of the, you can't give any, any more of an honest answer than that. And that person's probably going to be a lot more willing to help you instead of, Mm-hmm. you saying, "Oh, I know what you're talking about and you go out there and you make an ass of yourself and and you know that ain't going anywhere and yeah. um in hell I that I, you know like I mentioned a lot of times we learn from our mistakes but there's a point where it's not time to make that mistake
0: yeah yeah my uh I had the, a discussion with my cousin one time and he was talking about faking it till you're making it and I was like he you can't really do that if you're actually cowboying or like if you're actually you know riding horses every day, um, you know, for for a profession. Like you can't really fake that. I mean, there's there's only so much you can fake, and uh, but I some of my my favorite guys to work with um, were were like uh, you're like, hey, do you know how to do this? And they're like, no, nope, but we can sure try, can't we? And then they just like lope off. They're like, all right he'll figure it out you know like that's like that's the kind of guys i like to work with you know it's like I, no i don't know what you're talking about but let's, but let's give it a shot you know yeah
1: let's go ahead and give it a shot and 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 yeah that term fake it until you make it you can't do that in this business and
0: Yeah, and
1: i've never understood it and there probably was a time when i probably felt like it you know just suffering from imposter syndrome um mm-hmm. But these days, I think, you know, I'm to the point to where I'm pretty, pretty content and pretty comfortable with, with where my horsemanship is going. Uh, but it's taken a long time to do, to, to get to that point. And, um, I'm probably taking a lot of medication and whiskey as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Like, you know, there, there are definitely some of those industries where like, yeah, you can, you can do that. I mean, you've, there's like any number of Hollywood people that uh just went just like I don't know I want to be an actor I'm going out there I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and they they you know they wind up big time you know like that that's one of those industries but it's not so much they're faking it they they you got to have talent at some point I mean, I mean maybe that's debatable but um but yeah there's you can't really fake much in in the cowboy world because. At the very least, you have to be able to ride some to to be able to even try to fake anything, you know?
1: Yeah, and and that's where it all starts is you got to be able to ride. And and I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day that said, you know, we basically said that if you understand how to ride a horse, you can do almost anything on them. But you can't fake that. There's just no way. And and if you can't ride a horse, you sure as hell ain't going to be able to swing a rope off of them. And then yeah. hell, if you a- actually catch something, then what are you going to do with it?
0: Yeah. And um, I mean, you go to any team roping and, uh, it'd go to show you, you don't have to be able to ride well to rope. Well, like, uh, there's a lot of those ropey fuckers in the, in the team roping world that can't ride to save their life. I mean, they, they can, they can hang on enough to, you know, to get one caught and turned, but it's, uh. Yeah, I mean like your elite ones are, are sure enough they they can ride, but like there's a lot of those guys that can rope pretty good, but they can't ride for shit.
1: Yeah, and they ha- they have really nice horses. Yeah. And you see their horses and you're kind of like, <coughs> "Boy, if I had that horse, I'd, you know, I'd be able to go down the road a little bit." Yeah. And um, but they still have a, a little bit of of getting the job done just enough. Yeah. And that's all they need to do.
0: Yeah. Like they know they don't have to ride. They don't have to be perfect equitation and and form and posture, whatever. No, like they, they got to be able to ride just well enough to, to get out there and turn a steer, you know, or, or get out there and scoop too. It's, uh, (laughs) and it's more about the rope than it is for them. So that's why they buy the good horses. Yeah. And, uh, but at, at the you, like you know. they, they have they can ride. Like I said, you don't have to be able to ride well, but you got to be able to ride.
1: Yeah, yeah, you got to be able to stay on one—that's for sure. Yeah. And, but you put those guys out in the pasture, and and you tell them to go, <laughs> you know, doctor that cow out there, and they've got to run her down three hundred yards. They're probably not going to be able to do it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, and they're. Yeah, a lot of times they don't read cattle very well either. It's uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest parts of the job. It's kind of like knowing your horse but knowing us and and knowing what a cow will do cuz she will do anything and everything to to get out. Some of them won't just it don't matter. They're going to get away from you somehow.
1: Yeah, I um had that conversation the other night um, and I didn't You know, I just didn't think about this because, like I said, you know, I've I've never worked in a feedlot that you you have cattle that know how to be worked and then you just got straight up wild ass cattle. that don't don't care about anything. Um, But if they're in the feedlot long enough, some of these guys know how to get them cattle to where they're, you know, you say half ass trained, you know, to to work. And I -hmm. had no idea.
0: Yeah, and that's uh that's also a situation in the feedlot a lot of times. Because, um, like yeah, like you said, you have some cattle that just they've they've uh they haven't been moved around all summer on, you know, you know uh grazing a range somewhere. Um you know, there there might be like you know, some swamp cattle that don't see people except uh to get shipped, you know. <laughs> like that that's the only time they, they see <laughs> That's the only time they've seen people. And, uh, or you get some of those brush cattle. The only time they see people, they're getting jabbed uh, in the neck. They're getting uh, an iron slapped on their hip. And, you know, it's not, it's not a pleasant experience for them when they, when they see people. So they, uh, they're a little waspy. And uh, there's times where slower is not faster. There's times like if they see the gate and they're headed to it at a trot, you stay on their ass and you don't give them a second chance to look back. Because, uh, if not, and you know, they're more often than not, if you give them the the chance, they're going to go right up to that gate and then duck one way or the other and, uh, and head back to the bunk. And so no, you get on their ass and you, you ride them out that gate because, uh, otherwise we're going to try it again and and again. And every time he beats you, he gets a little cockier and, uh, and the less they respect you. So no, get on their ass and you, you drive them out the gate. If if that's how they want to act, you know, it's, uh. It's it's a very. Oh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh Pat McAfee the the he was a former punter for the for the Indianapolis Colts and now he has he has a big uh, sports podcast and he's he's big time now but um he has this uh how do you know, like when the anal- or the analysts are always talking about situational football and he's like well situations are situational you know <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it depends on the situation of what you're going to do. And, uh, and even, even if you're planning from this, this situation and you get in that situation, something could still go haywire. And then you're like, oh, fuck, what what now? You know? it's, yeah. uh, and, and so like that, uh, the, the low stress uh, cattle handling, I'm uh, 100% in favor of. Um, but also you got to be able to read your cattle because n- low stress does not mean no stress. Yep. You, you use the least amount of stress possible. And a lot of times, maybe taking them out that gate a little faster than you'd like is the least amount of stress they're going to feel in that situation because they're wanting to run anyways. And uh, if, you, if you've if got them looking at where, where you want them to go, fucking crowd them to it, you know?
1: Yeah, and you ain't got to do it over and over mm-hmm. and cause them more stress.
0: Yep. And, uh, the and that's... First time. Yeah, and that's what I love about this yard I work at now, because uh, <clears throat> we we're allowed to, to carry a rope and and do what we want with it, no questions asked, so long as we don't abuse it. And and you know, for me, I give them three shots at the gate. If they turn back three times, I'm shaking out a loop, and you're coming out uh, at the end of it. And <clears throat> and my boss and the the, the whole company, they like. They're cool with it because they, they know cattle and, and, uh, for me, that is low stress cattle handling is, uh, you give them, you give them so many opportunities, but when it becomes apparent, it's going to be a fight. Well, take the fight to them and get it done with.
1: Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, your feedlot. I was talking to a guy this evening that, that he works on a really big feedlot down in Florida. The, they work in units because uh, mm-hmm. it's so big it, does your feedlot work that that same way in units
0: um, no not really I mean we can um but the guy that, that rides with me he's a, he's an old buckaroo type and he's used to being uh, by himself and i'm I'm one of those guys I, I'm very very personable like I have no problem talking to people but I, I do like to work alone. Mm-hmm. um you know i like i like to be with my thoughts and uh in my podcast and whatnot and I, you know, like to yeah so um so we we usually just like i'll take one side he'll take the other if we're on the same alley i said you start at the top i'll start at the bottom and <laughs> we'll meet in the middle but i also i know i can trust him just to go do his thing he knows cattle he's been around him his whole life and and so i don't have to I don't have to worry and look over the fence at him. Like, yeah, you, know, you know, after about a week of riding, um, you know, you know, in tandems, you know, where I'd take one pin, he'd take the next. And every now and then if I, I saw something, maybe he hadn't seen before cause he, he'd worked out, you know, outside his whole life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, then I'm like, may come ride this pin with me. I'll show you what I'm looking at here. Cause I saw something over the fence and whatever. And, uh, and, and it's, it's more just, um, it's more like a, a texas buck or puncher meeting up with uh you know a california vaquero uh somewhere in wyoming and like both realizing you're you know they're handy at what they do and it's just like swapping tips of the trade you know yeah handy
1: in their own ways
0: yeah exactly and so it's it's just like and instead of like teaching him it's just more like hey uh I'm guessing outside you're looking for this in here. I'm looking, I'm looking for this and that'll, that'll help speed. That'll help train your eye quicker than yeah. what, if I'm, if I'm actually teaching somebody, like if a, if a guy knows cattle, he'll, he'll know what I'm talking about.
1: Well, and that's got to make your job easier.
0: It, it's so, so nice. So nice. And, and I, I, I don't mind teaching uh, somebody. I've most of my career <laughs> I've been teaching somebody, whether I, that's, I guess that's one part where, where it's kind of faking it till you make it. But I'm also very honest, like, ah, I'm, I'm pretty new to this here or whatever. But, uh, but like ever since I've been in the feedlot, I've been, you know, I was in a manager trainee position. So I was, I was being trained to train other people. And, uh, and, and and then in the, in the feedlot, your turnover is just constant. Um, this, this yard's not so bad, but but you know, you get back in the beef belt; those those yards turn over just constantly. Uh, you know, on doesn't matter what what crew it is, whether it's the you know the the pen riders or the the feed crew or the maintenance crew, whatever. Like that shit just turns over constantly. Is <laughs> and uh, hard
1: work, or
0: um, hard work. Um, a lot of guys don't like like the hours. I mean, it's just. It, that is what it is when you're working with animals. You know, it's just like you don't have set hours. I mean, there's the feedlots about the closest that you can come to having set hours. And but you know, in the beef world, I guess yeah, uh, you know, poultry and 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 hogs and whatnot. You know that you can do that that stuff in shifts, being mm-hmm. being so concentrated as they are. But but even in the feedlot, like. I mean, shit happens and you don't have shifts, you know, like you, you're, you're there for the day and you, you know, you have a start time usually, but then it's just kind of when the work is done, that's, that's when it's time to go home. Unless the work is done real early, then you got to go find more work until. Yeah. And if something till,
1: happens, it can't wait.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Cause you, you got, know,
1: if you got cattle what? getting stirred up for some odd reason and they get through a fence and mixed in with another lot. Yeah, not only got to separate cattle, but you got to fix fence. Mm. That you know, pretty much that day.
0: Yeah, and that's when, like, that's when the hours uh, really rack up on this. Like this, because mine's a pretty small outfit. I mean, it's it's big for out here, but compared to you know, like Texas and Kansas and Colorado, it's uh, it's pretty small. It's Just a little background in the yard. It's uh, you know, if we were running beef cattle only, we had uh, we could probably run twenty thousand. Um, the way it is now, we've got, uh, like five or 6,000 head of dairy cattle. And then anywhere from, well, like right now we don't have any, any beef cattle, except for a handful of like local guys feeding, feeding some out for the freezer for, to sell. Um, but you know, that's like 15 head, something like that, <laughs> but we're probably going to get a shitload of Mexican cattle, uh, here in so the
1: spring or just crazy
0: cattle uh just just mexican cattle that like they're um, actually they're pretty decent quality Um, like i um they've improved their quality a lot over the years they've they've imported some some good genetics uh but they're also with that comes they're kind of weaker cattle you know like um the the like the the old school mexican cattle were kind of like the old school longhorns you know they 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 bred they they wanted the Longhorns because they were tough enough to uh to drive from Texas to Kansas or Texas to Chicago. You know they uh <laughs> yeah you know, they wanted tough cattle so they they'd make the trip. They didn't really care so much about the the meat quality. Yeah. But once then once the train was you know came into play, then then the uh, the breeding completely changed. That's when they they introduced the Hereford and and, and these other uh like European breeds to, to increase the meat quality and, uh, and, and calm them down a little bit too, because then you had fences. Um, yeah. and, and so it was, uh, and, and so that's kind of the same thing with, uh, with the Mexican cattle as, a, as they've, uh, like, cause I mean, it's a pretty big, they export a lot of feeders and, uh, <coughs> so like California, in in the su- uh, spring and summer is chock full of Mexican cattle. You know the Flint Hills of Kansas is chock full of me- used to be chock full of Mexican cattle. And um, in the summer, I don't know if it still is or not. But um, and just you know those, those st- that stalker country, they'll uh, I mean they imported the shit out of out of these Mexican cattle. But then those guys started realizing the market up here and uh, and what the packers wanted, so they started importing the you know the higher quality meat genetics. And, and so now you got, you get like a lot of charlotte cross, uh, with, you know, eared cattle, but, uh, you, you can, uh, depends on what, what the quality, you know, they grade them, you know, like ones and twos, you know, just like at, at the, at the stockyards, they, you know, how they grade, grade their cattle. Um, now,
1: those <laughs> ones with the uh, bit of charlotte in them, do they get a little bit hungry at times?
0: Oh yeah. They're, they're a little sporty. Um, like they don't, they don't hunt you out, you know, being steers, but, um, like every now and then you'll have one that'll that'll kind of get real real honry but um yeah those those Char- any any one of those uh straight bremers pretty pretty tame cattle i mean like that's that's what you see in in india where they're just like walking them around and stuff
1: <laughs> and
0: um uh, but yeah you cross them with uh with an english or a continental breed and they get a little goofy yeah and uh yeah and charley in particular Charlet is kind of stupid anyways but uh <laughs> But yeah, then you, you you cross them with a Bramer, and they 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 can be pretty deadly if you if you ain't careful.
1: Yeah. Well, you you're adding stupid with agility, and there you go.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then for whatever reason, you you uh you cross those two those two uh, subspecies. You know, the Bossaurus and the Syndicus. Uh, once, once they cross, something goes a little bit of hay, a little bit haywire in the temperament too. They just, they're a little snorty, but that, that's why they make good desert cattle.
1: No, yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Are there times when you kind of get a little bit of itch for them crazy cattle?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, I can't wait for spring in the Mexican cattle. Like I, I'm, I'm so goddamn tired of Holsteins and mud. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, I, I'm, <clears throat> I've got a uh, like a brand new wax cotton rope hanging in the tack room that uh, I'm, I don't want to take it out now. It's too, it's too sloppy. It's, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get it nasty yet. But I'm, I'm itching for spring to break that fucker in. You know, like as soon as soon as I, I unload that first load of Mexican cattle, I'm going to go stretch that, that rope out a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to have some fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Weather would be nicer and you'd be on your horse and yeah, spring, spring always seems to be a good time of year in the end, in, in the cattle industry. And yeah, um, if you're lucky enough, you know, I, I might get an opportunity to go to a couple of Brandon's this year and that's, Pretty hard to find out here in this country. I bet. I bet. And um, but the place that I've been um I've been taking uh Big Pete and then I've been taking that little blue horse, starting him in the pen, they're um they're friends with two different families that raise cattle and they have Brandons. And I begged and pleaded. I said, Oh, please give me an invitation. And uh we were sorting steers one day at the arena and I had to go in and basically Kind of sort them out and rope one and drag them out of the pen, and I think that's a that's so much more fun than coming out of the shoots. I'd rather go in and you know they tell you get that one over there and you find a way to hell you can throw any type of loop on them just as long as you get them caught and drag them out. Yeah, so yeah, springtime's a good time.
0: Yeah, I I I can't wait. It's uh, you know the uh, yeah the, the winter's just it it has sucked you know it's it's one of those years you're just like ah. i uh i don't know if i'm gonna be able to like if my horses get a little froggy like my ass is gonna be too round like my i've got some glutes coming up this after this winter you know like slopping <laughs> through the mud on foot you know like yeah. i my ass is gonna be huge
1: <laughs> like laney wilson's
0: yeah that's <laughs> good. there we go well that's a throwback Well, it will gotta i'll uh I'll I'll have to post it for for Lainey Wilson see if uh, if my dump truck is bigger than hers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if right I. A actually, way to, um, how do they uh, Photoshop that?
0: Mm, uh, somebody will. I I guarantee you somebody's gonna gonna Photoshop uh, me with a huge ass.
1: <laughs> well, they ain't gonna be me. I could barely figure out how to get on this. So.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Jorge Bracamontes always. uh he always photoshops me in, in uh in, in some memes and he's he, he's done a pretty good job of it makes me laugh every time so <laughs> I give you the big butt
1: and the hat and you' you're set
0: yeah if he uh <laughs> maybe for this uh this cover photo for the for this episode i'll just uh i'll i'll photoshop my face on laney Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should <laughs> Uh, winter time is glute time <laughs> <laughs> walking through the mud <laughs> uh, it's funny though we I was um do you know Dan Hartman at all um
1: no I don't
0: he's uh he's a cool cat he's a he's an old old school cowboy like he he lives up in uh up in eastern montana and his family is uh I think like his granddad was one of the first, uh, punchers to, to drive cattle up from Texas to, to Montana. (laughs) So like, he's, he grew up cowboy in the old way, uh, the, like the old, old way. And he still, still does it that way. And he's, uh, he's a hoot when he, he's actually, what do you say? He's got a month, month in Facebook jail, but man, when he, when Dan Hartman goes on a heater with the memes, it's, uh, he, he goes on a heater. He's, he is, uh, he don't give a shit. He'll, if he thinks it's funny, he's going to post it up and, <laughs> uh, whoever's, whoever's pissed off, be damned. So I've, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of like, uh, Dan's like still doing Facebook through me at the moment. <laughs> he's sending me pictures, like post or videos. He like, post this one, post this one. <laughs> um, but we were, we were shooting the shit the other day and, uh, he, uh, we were just talking about the weather. Cause it's been cold as shit up there too. And I mean, which is to be expected for Montana, but it's been, it's just been a, a, like it's a winter that everybody needed, but I don't know if everybody was completely ready for it. like, we like the, it seemed like the whole country needed a good, like heavy, wet winter and we got it. But man, <laughs> it, it all at the same time, it sucks when, when it's that, uh, when you get that much weather and, uh, It's, uh, so we, we were, I I said, um, I said, a wet, I said, a cold, wet winter, uh, sure makes a fella, a fella appreciate, uh, warmer weather. And then I said that that'd be a good, uh, closing line for a cowboy poem. So he's like, Hey, I'm going to write one. I was like, well, shit, I'll write one too. And then we'll have dueling cowboy poems (laughs) about, about shitty wet winters. (laughs)
1: Well, like, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Y'all are getting what mm-hmm. y'all needed, but boy, it's sure making your job a, a, a hell of a lot tougher, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is, but man, it's uh, like all in all, like it, for for as rough as it's been, I, I look around and I'm just like, man, some of those yards in Kansas, if we had uh, had this type of weather in those pin conditions, like, oh, it would have been a lot worse. Yeah, uh, like, our, our pain conditions were in pretty good shape, and, uh, but, like, I, I was, uh, I was saying a, a couple episodes back, it's, uh, like, how, with, with, uh, with the weather, it's, like, how fucking arrogant are we as people to think that, uh, we can change the weather, you know, like, uh, people that actually live and work out in it, like, we don't have that that type of arrogance. We're just like, no, we're, we'll 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 prepare as much as we can, but yeah. Um there's only so much you can do before you just got to ride it out. It's <laughs> like fucking survive it and then we'll we'll uh we'll rebuild later.
1: Yeah, it you know, it's funny. Um I was talking to Tuffy the other night and you know, up there in Manitoba that it, it's like, he said it was, like, minus 45 the other day or something like that. That's
0: fucking stupid.
1: And oh. how they have to, you know, this time of year, they're going through, you know, two pairs of socks, two pairs of boots, two pairs of liners a day to keep their feet from freezing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, man, and I bitch about the summers here. <laughs> you know, here we can take off clothes. Yeah. And we can sweat, but the the type of weather he's in is you know, almost deadly. Oh yeah. Even, even you Matt, like y'all getting those conditions of, uh, 20 something degrees and you get yourself in a pickle out there somewhere, you know, you, how are you going to get any warmer if you don't have any more clothes?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and it's crazy Is like your cattle health really takes a backseat when, when shit like this comes around because, um, First of all, like w- whether they have pneumonia or not is uh kind of irrelevant if they don't have water, you know, like that. the like, take a note and be like, Yeah, I need to doctor that one, but like she's she's probably gonna die anyway because uh, if they, if they got pneumonia and and this 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 nasty weather hits, like you can doctor them, but they're probably gonna die. Like, uh, the uh, uh, a good cold snap and wet weather or something like that, it's a good way to thin out the herd. Like the, the ones that were just kind of hanging on, you might thought maybe you could nurse them along to, to, to feed out Mm -hmm. Well, that, that takes care of that. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You don't have to worry about how much medicine you're going to dump into that, that animal before it becomes unprofitable because she just became unprofitable. No.
1: Do, do you find kind of a, a relief in that when you're kind of like you kind of have this suspicion that, oh, she's going to kick the bucket and I don't want to dump a, you know, a ton of L.A. in her. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's just better that she kind of pass on and then she does. And you're like, I was right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, no, it, it is. And, and I try to look at it from the, the owner's point of view, too, because if they were my cattle yeah i would I would probably put as much medicine as I could to try to make sure and just like just I just need you to go this far you know only got you only gotta go this far sweetie um and then um you know and if they were my cattle there'd be some some dumb cowboy like me like just saying like hey she ain't gonna make it she ain't. i'll I'll put medicine in her but she ain't gonna make it and then yeah so for me like where they're not my cattle i'm like yeah called it and,
1: well, I'm, uh, and I'm sure the you you know the man you're working for probably appreciates that you know unfortunate thing that you really have to do but in the long run it's making him money it's mm-hmm. making you money in the sense that you're doing a, a, a good job for him yeah and but do you ever carry like you know, not your own, you know, not not putting a, a hypothetical on having your own cattle, but in this yard you're in, do you ever just kind of find yourself getting empathetic or or feelings for, or not feelings, but watching one die or or putting one down, or are you able to just kind of shut that off and do your job and that's it?
0: Uh, I make jokes about it because it fucking sucks like that. My uh, my Lion King video the other day—I don't know if you saw it where I had the. Oh, uh, the- Amy, the- <laughs> talk about it. So I uh, I got a big long uh, uh, DM from from this lady that, that was not appreciative of it, and uh, and and I she's like, this is not how we want the public to see agriculture. And I was like, well, I'm part of the public and this is my bird's eye view. (laughs) And, uh, and I think, uh, we, the, the general public has grown far too removed from the reality of agriculture and how, how that puts food on your plate. Like how, how that, how that hamburger got to McDonald's for you to stuff it in your fat fucking face. Like, yeah, I think a little moment like that is—it's uh, a good. I mean, and the funny thing—it was really funny in a very dark way. But at the same time, I—I I screamed at this dead heifer. Um, so the day before, she had stuck in a bog hole. She was the one heifer that stepped stepped in the bog hole where the whole pen knew where it was because they had all had walked through it at one point. But then you could see where. There was a track right around it, and this one heifer waited out of there in the middle of it, got bogged down. <laughs> and I was making my last rounds before before I went home, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna get home at a decent hour today. Like I'm, I'm it was like four o'clock, and I was like, um, you know, I had paperwork done, and I'm gonna I'm just make I'm gonna maybe put one stray in the alley before I head out uh, and lock the gate. Nope. See this one bogged down. Son of a bitch. So I go get the loader. Um, loader and the lariat. and You know, I just got this, this old rope that I, that I used pulling pulling cattle out of bog holes. So I get her pulled out, drag her over to the, to the dry corner of the pen, you know, leave her there and I come back the next morning and she's in that same bog hole dead on her brisket like she was laying there sleeping and i just like you stupid bitch what do you want from me i tried (laughs) you know like i was screaming at her and then uh yeah then when i go to leave the pen i had to lift the the bucket up so i didn't hit the fence and i then i played the lion king (laughs) or i sang the lion king song (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, Amy told me about that. And and I mean she it sounded like she had to pull over on the side of the road. She was laughing so hard. (laughs) Um but you know the people that that have the negative comments about that and stuff like I get it, you get it, yeah, other guys you work with, other people you know get it. The people on the outside don't understand that that's kind of maybe how we have to deal with this kind of shit. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, we've got to make humor of these of these awful situations in a not, not like we're these dark and sadistic people, but you know, it we ha- if we make humor of of these bad situations, these unfortunate situations, you know, hell, it puts a smile on your face and you f- forget about the bad part and yeah. go
0: on. Well, and it's just like. A- it's that that old saying, like everybody likes sausage, but nobody wants to see how it's made. And <laughs> like making food is an ugly business all the way through. It's not a, it's not as glamorous as it's it's made out to be. Like just like cowboys, not all that glamorous. A lot of it's pretty fucking boring. Um, but and then there's times where we're just like. Yeah, it takes a different person. It's just like the like I'm I'm reading well, listening on on audio book uh, again. I read it in high school, but uh, "The Jungle" by Upton Sinclair, and that's all about the early uh, meatpacking industry, like when the, when they first started, like um, you know, like after after the railhead, you know, meatpacking was kind of a seasonal uh, business because you had to do it in the cooler months, otherwise the meat would spoil. And, uh, and then like, you know, after, after you, you, you only really only had a a lot of fresh like beef and, and pork in, you know, like the early, early winter, late fall. And then the rest of it was smoked or, you know, preserved in some, some way. But then when, the (coughs) with, with the refrigerated rail car, um, yeah, they, they could, they could ship beef, uh quickly now and and so then that that's when like these huge packing plants uh began to 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 jump up and it was the gilded age you know there was there was no regulation at all but it's funny i mean had not i wouldn't say there's no regulation but it was a different type of deal where like the big business was in right in the pocket of big government but uh but the government just wasn't as big back then and uh and so, like those guys got away with some shit <laughs> in the packing industry, and you know like and you go back to like the old cattle Baron days, like you know like the, those range wars that was essentially just uh a big corporate rancher cracking down on on settlers, you know it was uh and and using hired guns to do it, so it was uh like it's always been an ugly business, but it's if if people want beef, it's got to be done, you know. Yeah, and who doesn't want beef except,
1: well, we get into that? Well,
0: I guarantee a communist would love beef. They just There's there's no beef in communist countries.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had a conversation uh, talking to a lady the other day that, that she's starting to raise some Dexter cattle, and I said, well, when you're ready to, you know, you got them to wait to where we can slaughter one, I'd like to, you know, put some beef in my freezer because, honestly, I can't stand that venison. And she said, who doesn't like beef? I said, <laughs> I love beef. And so <laughs> I just, you can't beat it. And I tried and, with you know, deer hunting and whatnot. I just, you know, backstrap compared to a ribeye. What are you Back. going for first?
0: <laughs> oh, the the ribeye is the, the ultimate cut of meat. A beef ribeye is superior to all other cuts of meat. I, I don't... Uh, And I, you know, like, will I fight you for that? Probably, probably Uh, will. like, and there's not many things where like, I'm going to fight you over that, but that one I'll I'll fight. I'll fight a man over that.
1: Yeah. I I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I mean, that's something Amy and I always agreed on that when we go buy steaks, it's Mm ribeyes and that's it. And I'm almost Mm -hmm. to the point where I don't care what they cost. I don't want Mm -hmm. that damn sirloin and I don't want that T-bone. I want that ribeye. Mm. And I don't, you know, I don't give a shit about a T-bone. I want that damn ribeye. Yeah, I think I mean, it's just the best cut.
0: Yeah, I, and you know what? Like we, uh, I, I, I go through a lot of sirloin because we, we, uh, we, you know, I'll, I'll feed out a, a steer or two a year, and and so you gotta, you gotta get creative, you know. And like sirloin's fine, it's like, but yeah, it's it's no ribeye. Uh, New York's pretty good. New York's pretty good. Yeah, Um, but it's no, it's no ribeye and, uh, and you know, like even prime rib is, is fine, but I just, uh, a ribeye steak is what I like, Uh, like a, a good thick ribeye steak.
1: Yeah. I never understood why the filet costs more than the ribeye.
0: I know. I was just talking with my boss. Uh, we were, we were coming home from, from, uh, this, fundraiser like tri-tip is as is, um as is the closest second i've got on on the beef is uh is tri-tip like that is such a good cut of meat
1: you know i've you know i went and bought me a, uh, a new smoker a couple weekends ago and because i'd throw my old one out and i've been missing you know smoking meat and, um, so I've, I've been smoking once or twice a week now, and I'm, I'm thinking about going to get me a tri-tip cut and putting that on the smoker.
0: Yeah, you should. It's, uh, yeah, put it, put it on that, like 225, 250, yeah, more more on the 250 side, mm-hmm. uh, and then reverse seared and cast iron uh, or, or on like on your firebox and, uh, that's what I, I I typically reverse sear it on my firebox, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, tri tip is tri tip's amazing.
1: Yeah, because that th- this one does have a firebox on, It gets pretty damn hot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that recipe from you.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you my dry rub. It's uh it's just a like the the original tri tip came out of uh, Santa Maria, California area, and the original. Um, like California doesn't really have barbecue. They call it tri-tip barbecue, but it's grilled. It's not, it's not barbecued, you know, like <laughs> it's not low heat. It's, uh, it, it's over, you know, traditionally it's over red Oak. Uh, and that's like, if, if you can do that, that's the way to go. But if you're going to smoke it, just use your favorite, whatever you usually do on beef, use that, that mixture and it, it'll be, it'll be.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 and if you're going to send me your dry rub, I'm going to send you mine. And All right. It, it's probably not, you know, anything like yours as far as from, you know, the California style, but this is one thing I brought from Texas and Oh man, I can't Texas. buy it up here and Amy and I sat down one night and we started mixing a bunch of spices and I had a little bit left of the old fajita seasoning. It's the Bolin's fajita seasoning. And so we'd try it, and I'd mix, you know, mix it together, and we hit it perfect. And I wrote down that recipe because I mean, it takes a lot of measuring and yeah, all kinds of spices. But I tell you what, it's it's good.
0: That's that's kind of the same way. This one, it, it's easy to remember after you made it once, though, because it's like, and it's not. It's a pretty simple, but there's a lot of a lot of it's um, it's salt, pepper, garlic pow- powder, powder. Onion powder, a little bit of cayenne, a little bit of sage, um, cayenne or uh, cayenne sage, oregano. I think, I think that's it. Um,
1: oh, well that's, but, that's that's right on, especially with the I
0: oh, mean, anything and, with and, garlic and in it and smoked paprika. Oh, that's the other one,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, it's but yeah, I'll, I'll send, I'll send you the recipe because I, I got it off the internet and and tweaked it just a little bit um and you know and then cayenne you always do to taste but i you know coming from texas i imagine you like a little heat
1: (laughs) i do i we went to when we went to they built the bucky's not too far about two hours from us and Mm. and you know i remember going to bucky's when gosh it was early 90s i was going to bucky's when i was back home and to see him build one out here i was i was skeptical i mean yeah I, i I was like, there is no way they can duplicate Texas Buckies in South Carolina. And God damn it, Matt. <laughs> I went man, there man. and I, I was out of South Carolina. I was back in Texas. I mean, I was like a kid in a candy store. Amy was getting just a kick out of like, they had, the brisket was awesome. I was buying, I was going, every time I went by where they had the brisket tacos, I grabbed me five more. Nice. And I I just couldn't believe it. And, um, but they had this ghost pepper sauce.
0: Oh,
1: Oh, and I thought I was thinking I'm ready for this shit. And we, we made, so we, we cooked, I smoked a ribeye one night and um, cause it, it I like smoking ribeyes, putting them on there for about an hour, about 150 degrees. Oh yeah. And I did that. And then I took that ghost pepper sauce and I was like, hell this is all right and two minutes later i realized we were out of milk i was in trouble oh that stuff was hot but i tell you what it was good
0: um so. i had a. it was my uh my wife's youngest sister uh her we were staying in they they used to live in denver he's uh, he's in the air force um and so he was uh he was stationed out of um I forget what the, that base is there, but, uh, they lived in Aurora and we were, we we're going to, to visit my dad and we stopped in uh, and, uh, stayed with the night with them. And, um, and he, he's going to culinary school that, at, you know, as same time he's, he's, he's probably going to do his 20 years in the air force and then, you know, and then retire early. What, a, you know, retire young and, uh, and then do chef shit, I guess he's <laughs> going to culinary school, but, He's a pretty damn good cook but uh he he was making he made just eggs and bacon for breakfast whatnot and uh and he's like hey I got some hot sauce for you and he put it down and I was like I looked at it and it was like you know I said uh, Carolina Reaper pepper and I was like man eh, right. I, well I looked at it after I had dumped it on like I was uh I was putting tapatio on you know like tapatillo is my go-to <laughs> and so I was just like bloop, 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 bloop. and uh, and then I looked at it, I was like oh reaper pepper this is gonna suck <laughs> you know and uh you can't back out can't back out i'm not gonna waste food and uh I, I did have to waste a little bit of food but uh i i i toughed it out for about three quarters of the way but then i was like it was just like liquid snot running out my nose at, at that point you know And just like this this is stupid know, yeah, i like hot stuff but this is stupid <laughs> Yeah, uh, yo, you know, I'm I'm half Mexican, so I, I I can handle some heat. And uh that that was dumb. And then at that point you can't taste anything either. I'm just like, I, I like the excitement. You know, I was like my little boy was uh just the other day he was he ate some tapatillo chips because he they bought them for me for Super Bowl. because uh, he knew I liked tapatillo, so he got the chips. And the chips are kind of a disappointment, but he uh he was eating it and he was uh he's like <sighs> I was like, it makes you feel alive, don't it? <laughs> and uh, that made me feel like I wanted to be dead. <laughs> like, it, it sucked. <laughs> if
1: I had kids, I'd make them keep eat- keep eating it.
0: Uh he he did. He finished it. I said, well, you you can't throw it away. Like you you took one, um. But <laughs> I said, you don't have to eat anymore. But you gotta you gotta finish that one. So and he didn't. But he's. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, the devil on my left shoulder would have said, You're gonna finish that bag of chips. <laughs>
0: yeah, it would have been funny, but I also don't I don't want him to hate me. So. Yeah, it was your son.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the uncles that are in charge of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um Yeah, it's uh but yeah, there, there's there's uh there's some of those and, it, and, you know, initially it tasted pretty good, but man, once, once that, once the heat hit you, you're just like, Oh God, that, that's, that's not holy. Like that, 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 that there's some sort of evil in that shit.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What's the Mexican food like out there?
0: We got pretty good Mexican food. We, we got a, uh, we got a lot of Mexican folks out here. It's uh, but it's a, a little different flavor, you know, cause like Texas, you're, you're getting Chihuahua Mexican and that's uh. And, you know, and then, of course, Texans, uh, they, they got to make it their own. So you put a bunch of cheese in it and, and, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's slightly different, but it's, uh, it's, it's good. We got a, we got a really, really good, uh, Mexican restaurant here. Rosie's Rosie is a sweetheart and I would liked to seen her back when she was like 25, 30. I bet she was a smoke show um but she's just a sweetheart she's uh she's all she's really good to us so she uh, she always calls me miho when i walk in so uh, that's how you know you're in good with the mexican woman is uh, when they call you miho
1: <laughs> does she make menudo
0: oh yeah uh they only do it on on uh, sundays but yeah they they make menudo and yeah, that's I guess I'm that's where the the half Mexican comes in cuz I I will I'll eat menudo but give me pozole over menudo every day. Like
1: oh, see I I'm the complete opposite. Give me menudo, good menudo any day. Uh I'll... pozole it's, I there's something about menudo and I don't know if it's the taste, the memories or what it is, but I and where I'm at, I have to bite in a can. Mm. And that's what I call good menudo out here. Now back yeah. home, any restaurant, any little dive place. You oh go yeah, to, Sundays but, menudo.
0: Yeah, no, and and I like I like menudo, but like if you give me, uh, you give me a choice, like gun to head. Uh, yeah, that's not, not even a close uh, a close choice. I'll take pasole because I, I I like the pork in it, but uh, I, I love. I love the taste of menu, though it's the, just the texture of the tripe that that gets me. You know, it's a, it's a little, it's a little yeah. Um, but I after the first two, couple bites, I get over it. It's just oh, like, good to know
1: I won't have to fight you for the last bowl.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'll uh, I'll sacrifice that. But uh, uh, tamales, I'll, I'll fight a motherfucker over tamales. I will too. <laughs> I,
1: I, I will too, and. Uh, that is one thing. We cannot get out here. And I think it was three three Christmases ago, maybe four, Amy realized how much I wanted tamales. And I'll be damned, Matt. She sat down and we had like leftover uh, quail and some other game birds and stuff like that. And... She made these tamales and tied the, you know, ripped a little corn husk and made a little ribbon around them like a package. Mm-hmm. I was amazed, absolutely amazed at what she did. And I, I don't, I can't say that I've ever had, had a better tamale.
0: That's awesome. That That's, uh, yeah, I, I love, my wife doesn't care for tamales, but I, so I don't have to fight her for them, but. Man, I uh, cuz you would, right? Oh, I would. I would. I have never I've never hit a woman in my life outside of my like my little sister. Um, but you know, I might over a tamale, <laughs> you know? It's uh if it comes down to it, I I am that's like if you, if you had to, if I had to pick between tacos and tamales, I I get tacos more often because uh because they're more readily available. Tamales take a lot of time they do. To, to make, but man, like if I, if I see like, like there, I might only have 20 bucks to my name, but if I see some Mexican lady selling tamales out of the back of her, uh, her vehicle in the Walmart parking lot, i would probably spend my last 20 on it. <laughs> you know, at least yeah. if I'm going to, if I'm going to be broke, I'm going to have some good tamales.
1: Yeah. I think it was the the first time I took Amy to Texas. Um, there was a this little ice house down the road from where we grew up, and and um, it was about two miles away. And I it was called Big T. And so I I said I'm taking Amy there because that's where Dad went every afternoon after work. And so we got there, and Dell Watson actually bought it. And oh no shit, yeah. And I didn't know that. We walked in and the girl told us, you know, I said, we're, you know, Mrs. T had passed away, and but Del Watson had bought it. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But there was a food truck outside selling tamales. And so I said, you know, I was, we, we were getting into the Lone Star pretty deep. And so I told Amy, I gave her some money. I said, well, you know, go out there and get some tamales. And she brought those tamales in. And I didn't plan on eating, but one, because we'd already eaten at mom's. And we finished those tamales and wanted more and that lady had left. And I nothing could have been perfect because I'm not I want to say that's the night we got engaged, but I might be wrong. I have to you know, my memory doesn't last that long. But I mean big T, tamales, Lone Star Beer, getting engaged, and then meeting Dale Watson. I mean that's
0: pretty, shit. Good that's pretty good night. It's pretty good night. Yeah, hang on for just a second. Old. I uh, I left my chew in my vest pocket over there. I'm gonna go get it real quick. All righty. I uh, <laughs> I've quit Copenhagen several times, but it just tastes damn good
1: it let me ask you this did you start on skull bandits
0: no actually i uh my first dip was copenhagen snuff and i puked uh but i wasn't i wasn't gonna be no bitch so i took another one had to hold back the puke but then it felt pretty good and then uh then the saltiness kind of just set in you know it's just kind of a salty flavor but oh I, i i like it uh i think uh I think tobacco might, tobacco might be the most addictive toast uh, on earth.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I tried Copenhagen one time and I think I sat in the bathtub or the shower for about an hour puking my guts up and swore I'd never do that again. And then when I was out in Wyoming.
0: Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. You ever wanted to make a podcast? Well, Spotify has got a platform that makes, that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what, uh, your setup is like, you can, uh, start creating today then you can distribute your podcast to spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard video podcasts are also available on spotify and uh, if you like my show fence post politics with my buddy aaron that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time and we uh like we share videos we comment on videos we share news articles and uh, and funny memes so um it's pretty cool um and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking. You can attach that to your your podcast there, and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan, your fans. And uh, <laughs> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's, uh, that, that is true. Um, (laughs) I'm supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but, anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast, uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're, uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh, with, uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify, and, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started if you if you have ever thought about starting a podcast. This is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com/slash Podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh doesn't seem to do much for you spotify podcasters is your spot so uh go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today i
1: bought a can a can of skull bandits because that's what everyone said you start with skull bandits you graduate with copenhagen mm-hmm. so i had a a a, a Can of Skull Bandits. My truck ran out of gas. It's, you know, three foot of snow outside. So I figured, well, me and my Skull Bandits are going to walk down the road and get a can of gas from the house. And I did all right. And then all of a sudden I graduated Copenhagen. Take me a little pinch, a little bit bigger pinch and shit. Before I knew it, I was cowboy chewing Copenhagen. Yeah. And I it was I mean, it's the nastiest shit. But the best, yeah, I you know, and, and, and unless you really did Copenhagen, you don't understand. It's like chewing Levi Garrett, yeah, It's just like candy,
0: yeah. And then then it gets just too sweet after a while, you know. It's just like it's it's neat for for uh, for a minute, and, and then you're just like, eh, I'm kind of over it now. Like I just rather yeah. have Copenhagen, you know. That, that I, Copenhagen, uh, I I quit it
1: for a while, um, and. But I smoked cigarettes, too, at the time. And so I figured, well, I'll quit Copenhagen and and keep smoking cigarettes. And then um, after a while, I was like, man, you know, I I really can't smoke a cigarette while I'm riding my horse. I think I'm going to go get some Copenhagen pouches. And then it turned into just fine cut Copenhagen again. And then finally, one day I said, I got to quit this shit. It's getting expensive. Between cigarettes and Copenhagen and beer and then shit, the only thing I smoke now is you know a pipe.
0: Yeah, there you go, little little piece of pipe. I'm I'm a fan of it myself, and it's uh it's illegal out here, so I uh I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but I um when we did our Elko show, we'll uh uh I got to show you. I know, I'm sure you saw it on Facebook, but oh Matt Wilson, one of the guys that uh that played the the show for me friend of mine. He, uh, he had sent me some pictures of these. He, they're uh big lighter cases that he engraves, uh, out of silver. And <laughs> he asked me if, uh, he sent me a picture He said, you think anybody will, will buy these if I made some? And I was like, yeah, I think so. I was like, nobody carries a Zippo anymore. No. Um, uh, and, uh, and you know I have one, but I don't carry it because you know you run out of fluid, and, and that stuff's just not readily available anymore. No. Because and if you cares. ever fill
1: it, leaks in your pocket.
0: Yeah, and and I, I love a Zippo. It's like if it's if it's got fluid, it will light every time. If it's got fluid in the flint, it will light every single time. Um, but yeah, I just I don't carry it anymore. And uh, but I was like everybody, like even if you don't smoke cigarettes most everybody has a big lighter on them because they're just handier and shit.
1: Yeah.
0: And, uh, so I was like, yeah, I bet people buy those. And yeah, when, when he was leaving Elko, he slipped it in my, my, uh, suit, uh, suit pocket. And, uh, and then told me about it the next day and uh, I'd already found it by then, but it's got naked lady on it. And, uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it's, pretty, it's fucking rad. I was like, I I have the coolest friends, you know, I was like, yeah, uh, Matt Wilson's not like the most uh technically precise and like traditional engraver, but he makes the weirdest coolest shit you've ever seen and I I love it. You're just like you know, you don't you know, I, I I appreciate those uh like Tracy Morrison. Have you been watching his stuff here lately on uh- Yeah,
1: Tracy built a bit for me uh 2 years ago, but what he's doing right now
0: that, Holy shit, man.
1: Well, that that Las Cruces he put up the other night with the butterfly, that, that gold
0: butterfly. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, Matt, I mean Jesus.
0: That's that's it, a bit you never want to put in the horse's mouth, you know? Well,
1: <laughs> like See, that's I the mean, problem you, you, is you
0: want to, but also I, you're put just it like, in <laughs> mouth. I know, it, but also like I don't want to, but I'm I'm going to. Yeah.
1: And (laughs) I showed my uh, wife a picture of that. And I said, could you imagine getting that bit made? And then instead of the butterfly, have my brand put in there, the gazelle. And she said, yeah, that that would look pretty nice. But the bit he built before that with that on the on the slobber chains, that thing that hang. Yeah. I've never seen that, Matt. I've never never seen a bit like that. And it, Tracy's just got this amazing creative eye. And I'm going to say work ethic because oh, he's he been, starts in the morning and what he finishes in the evening. I don't know how he gets it done.
0: Uh, it's insane. It's insane. And so like, so I've got Matt Wilson on one end of the spectrum where he is just, uh, he's like, you like give him an idea and he'll fucking run with it and it'll look cool as shit. But if you're looking at it from you know, like a traditional cowboy arts perspective, you know, is his engraving great? No, but it's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And but like, like he he built a Wiley e. Coyote uh spade that was it was built for a draft horse, um, and and it had Wiley e. Coyote on the cheeks, and then he stamped on the maker mark. He stamped it Acme. Uh, I just <laughs> like. That's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I'm like yeah. show show me any of your, your big name spade bit makers and I'll I'll admire their shit. But that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, yeah. you know? <laughs> like it's yeah. it was awesome.
1: It's and like finding in uh, a prison bit.
0: Yeah. And it's like um so like it it's hanging in Boots O'Neill's tack room at the four sixes right now. He made a it was just a little it was a low port, um Mouthpiece, solid mouthpiece, and then he he made it into this like a big concho bit, um, you know, bridle bit style. Uh, and he put big copper conchos on it. And he said he was he made the conchos, and his his little girl was out there uh, in the shop with him. And he's she's like, what you know, what what should she put on this? And he's like, she's like, how about a dinosaur? So he just did like a little uh, stick figure drawing of a buckaroo courting down a, a Rex, and uh, it just it was. And it's very like crudely drawn, but it's it's just fucking cool, you know. Yeah. And it's not that he can't draw, but just like that, but that particular thing was just like really, it was almost like a uh, like a petroglyph on on a canyon wall, you know.
1: Well, and it, it just takes that. I I can't think that way.
0: Yeah, he he's a, he's a creative for sure, and I I saw it, and we I I I read some some ads for him on the show, in, in exchange for it, and then. I I got it and it, it just hung in the tack room because <clears> that it's not a it's not a real ideal bit for the feedlot and because uh, it you know it's just a real stiff bit uh, but I, I liked it and uh yeah when I went down to meet Boots at the at the sixes I I took it with me and I gave it to him and I said well you're kind of the dinosaur of these of us cowboys so you might as well have the T Rex bit and so it's hanging in his tack room there in there at the sixes dude that's awesome man yeah i just like i can't use it and it's collecting dust here so if it's gonna collect dust it might as well collect dust dust with a dinosaur
1: man that's gonna come back to you tenfold for that
0: i just thought it was cool i just like and and me and boots are like i need to call boots i haven't called him in a couple weeks but like me and boots are buddies now and and uh you know it just it's weird how this how's how this cowboy world you know interconnects it's it's crazy you know
1: it's really cool because you know i've i've met a lot of really really cool people and it and i gotta say for me it you know social media has really helped with that because i'm stuck out here on the on the edge of the united states on the east coast and there's not a big culture out here no and you know, and I'm gonna say say this is you know, it's it's not necessarily the cowboy culture. and and it's hard for me to say, and I've said this that that it's hard for me to say I'm a cowboy, but I'm a horseman. But yeah. I really enjoy the cowboy life. Like it, it's the the you know, the guys are great, the gear they make is outstanding, their artistic ability and the horsemanship and and just the You know, I'm going to go back to this and it sounds it might sound just dumb, but roping shit is fun. Riding bucking horses is fun.
0: There's nothing better than when that rope comes tight, you know, (sighs) and and it doesn't matter if you're tied hard or you're dallying on rubber or if you're dallying on slick. When the rope comes tight, that's when the shit happens and that's what you live for, you know, like and same thing like, uh, you know. I've talked about it plenty of times, you know, but like on a, on a, on a cult or, or something, you know, that's going to buck, uh, but particularly on like on the ranch side of things or on the cowboy side of things, not the rodeo side, but on the cowboy side of things, like you swing your leg over and then there's that real brief moment when your legs horizontal to the ground and you're about to catch that other stirrup and everything for me just kind of goes and you're locked in like There are no other distractions. Like it is you and that horse. And as soon and if you're lucky, as soon as that foot catches the stirrup, it's on. Yeah. And and sometimes nothing happens. But sometimes like you don't even get to catch that stirrup. There's just that brief moment where it's like you're locked in and then boom, there, there there you go.
1: Yeah, but your 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 mind is there and you're it's not that you're expecting it to happen, but if it was to happen you were expecting it and yeah. you're prepared. Yeah. And that's it, you know that that just comes from also experience as well and and I've got two horses that you know my buckskin doesn't count. I know when I tack him up, I cinch him up tight. I take him out. I lunge him. I know he's going to buck. But I know when I get on him, he's barely going to walk. Yeah. But the Blue Horse and Hazel, you know, Hazel Hazel's fun to ride when she bucks because it's just as honest as could be. Yeah. And the Blue Horse hadn't bucked with me since he got back from Florida, but. Before he went to Florida, he bucked with me once. And Matt, I I thought I was up there for three days on this horse. He took me all over 40 acres. And I stayed with him, stayed with him, stayed with him. And I'm like, where in the shit did this come from? But then once he stopped, I could barely make him canter. And yeah. now the horse since he's come back from Florida and I've had to you know, do some things with him and, and started him in the roping pin, he's actually, instead of being doggy and heartless when I take him out to work him, he actually gives me a little bit of an attitude. And most people would say, oh, you know, I hate that attitude. I'd like to see it in this horse. Yeah. And, you know... Because that means and, he's
0: not a deadhead.
1: He's, he's not a deadhead, and, a, and, a, and he kind not that he really was a, a deadhead, it's just his lack of personality and no emotion, and yeah. I know horses don't carry a lot of emotion, but they do carry yeah. some, but this horse, like, I told Amy, I was like, the horse rode well, but he wasn't perfect, and that was awesome because any other day he just goes out there and lopes around and does what you ask but this particular day he had an opinion and i was mm-hmm. like wonderful this is great
0: yeah I, it's like um it's like getting the silent treatment you know like they yeah you just like go through the motions whatever but like they're like would you just sass me a little bit <laughs> you know <laughs> and just like do something make it let's make this interesting you know like uh, well, like it's, you know, it's a job too, you know, like I, it's it's a way of life, but it's a, it's a fucking job too. Like that's, that's one thing people leave out. Like it is, you know, it is a way of life, I have no doubt about it, but would you be doing it if you, if they were paying you nothing? Uh, I don't fucking think so. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it's like that, that money is, is a part of it deal, uh, the deal too. And, and so, hey, you, uh, you gotta have some excitement. So like, yeah, if it's just, uh, boom, boom, boom. like, I mean, there's, there's times where like usually this time of year when cattle are just lined out and it's cold enough to where like all the bugs have kind of froze out for the winter, you know, like, and bugs, you know, I mean like flying bugs and also, you know, like respiratory bugs are kind of, you know, it, it's dry here for the most part. This year's, uh, an exception, but you know, it's it just where you just don't have a lot of action this time of year, most of it. And so you're like, you're just like itching for a fight, you know, yeah. <laughs> because you, you're going stir crazy. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't got to to bounce a, a heifer off the fence in a week. You know, like you look sick. I'm roping you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with your horse. It's like, ah. I wish you'd do something stupid just yeah, so I can I, correct you. Know, you know, I, I don't want to go
1: just in lope circles and lope circles. And 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 of course, anytime I put a foot in the stirrup, I'm always training on one. And I've had to learn to kind of relax a little bit instead of keeping one's feet moving all the time and just let them stand, be quiet. And if they're standing, that's that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I don't want to go lope circles all day. I want to go out and do something. And if it's if if I got to get after my horse a little bit to give me what I'm asking, you know, I'll do it. Not that I'm going to beat their ass, but if I've got to put a little more spur into them than usual, just to get them to really or to convince them I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And if they want to put up a little bit of an attitude, that's fine. Let's deal with it. But it's better
0: than having one that just sloths. Oh, oh, we're frozen. See if he, I don't know if it was on me. No, it looks like mine, i good on my end. Let's we'll see if he comes back. Stay tuned. Oh, there we go. There we are. All right. Anyways, um, yeah, he he froze up on me, so I didn't catch what you were saying.
1: Oh, yeah, basically just saying, you know, if if I don't want one to just go out there and lope and lope and lope, and if I've got to put a little more spur into one to get them to kind of, well, convince them to do what I'm asking them to do, I know that the next time I'm going to ask him, it's going to be a little less spur, but I don't mind an opinion. I prefer an opinion. Yeah. Because it it makes me think and makes it keeps me Keep you on your toes. Work.
0: Yeah. I I agree. And yeah, it's it's just uh you know and, and there's there's also something about like um like somebody that, that makes their living on a horseback versus like the horsey people, like the people that just have horses. Um mm-hmm. because they're they're the ones who are just like I love to just go ride miles and miles, and I'm like, no, I I ride for miles and miles every fucking day, and I don't want to go do it for pleasure. Like, if I need horse therapy that, you know, like, if I need to get my mind, I'll just go stand by the fence until one of the horses come up, and, and then and then I'll talk to the horse. Like, that's, yeah. that's more therapy for me than going out, like, because if I gotta go to the desert, that's because that horse needs uh, a lesson. You know, it's like, we we are not getting along in the feedlot and it's time to just go put some miles on like let's go get lathered up like it's we're going to go climb this hill uh until you decide that you you're ready to work it uh you know like we're you're ready to use your brain again that that's what i use you know the desert for uh you know being where i'm at in the feedlot like we're we're like right on on the the edge of uh like a huge BLM parcel so like I can go right out the gate across the county road and then just ride for about as far as a, you know, a horse will will last. And but <clears throat> that's not that's not a that's not a therapy thing for me, you know? Like that that's yeah. I'm I'm still working on a horse. Yeah. And um yeah, so if I like I need a, a release or something, like I'll I'll go talk to my horses and scratch them on the ear and and uh you know, irritate them just cuz they irritated me, you know, and just like yeah. And have a little conversation that way that, but like, man, I've rode enough. (laughs) I don't, I don't need to go find myself in the saddle again. Like, nah, I've I've been in the saddle all fucking week, man.
1: Yeah. And, and, and and it's hard for people, you know, the horsey people and to understand that it's like, they look at what we do and they're like, oh my gosh, I'd love to do that for a living. And it's like, would you? Mm. And because if you knew what we had to go through to get here, you wouldn't want to do this for a living. And, you know, I can, you know, ride my horses and then go home and, you know, my therapy ain't thinking, well, I need to go back to the barn and ride a horse because it's just, that's not my way of thinking. It's, I need to, I want to escape that thought for a moment. I want to get away from, it's hard. It's so hard, but I want to quit thinking about horses for a second yeah and so
0: until a buddy be like hey you want to go uh you want to go rope something and you're like yeah i
1: do just, <laughs> and, and and that was like last week i didn't plan on going to the roping pin and i found out that my buddy and his wife and daughter were going to this roping pin and i'm like well hell yeah shit and i told told uh the man i work for i said hey i'm gonna go roping this day and i said If we're going to, you know, make that blue horse marketable, I got to go rope. And he's like, cool. And awesome. so we went and roped and had a great time. And but like if 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 Susie down the street called and said, hey, you want to go on a trail ride? And I'm going to be like, no,
0: no, I would rather jack off with a handful of sandbirds than go (laughs) on a trail ride with you. Like, like, are you blowing me under the tree? Because I, I mean, like, I, I, that's not cool. Because I'm married and whatnot. But like, that might get my attention. But like, just the trail. No, I, I don't. I don't want to go ride the trail with you. Like, no, I've, I've been in the saddle enough. now, but like I said, if your buddy calls and like, hey, you want to go enter this ranch rodeo? You want to go? Uh, you want to go spin? You know,
1: cowboy shit.
0: Yeah, that, that's always a. Yeah, that you're like, oh, sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll do that.
1: Or there's um, something out here that looks a bit dangerous. You want to go try it? And it's like, right. hell
0: yeah. Yeah. And, oh. But the, like, that's that's the extra, you know, horseback stuff that gets me going. It's it's not a, yeah, like I said, it's not a fucking trailer. No, but if my, like my dad will we like, hey, I found some new petroglyphs in uh, Picture Canyon. It's like a five hour ride down the get it. You want to go up, uh, go see it? Well, yes, I do. Like that, that's a different deal. Cause I, I, I grew up, I grew up doing some trail rides, but like we didn't do, we didn't do like nose to tail, uh, yeah. trail. Like, you know, we went, you know, picture Canyon, box Canyon, Carrizo Canyon, sand Canyon, and, uh, and rode like 20 miles a day. Like it was, we, we covered some country and saw some cool shit. Um, but even then, like I wouldn't go do that on a normal basis. It's, yeah. uh, like, I'm going to go do that with my family or something, uh, for old time's sake. But, but, and still you're working on a horse the whole time. It doesn't matter what horse you're on. You're, you're working on a horse.
1: Yeah. And, and that's a, that's, uh, you know, like when I'm out teaching and I'm sitting on a horse, it, I always, I, and, and, and I've talked about this, it's, it's that little demon inside of me that says. And I, I learned this a long time ago that as long as you're on a horse, you're training them. And so when I'm giving a lesson, I'm always having my horse moving right, left, moving his haunches, his front end, you know, doing stuff. And then yeah. it's like, wait a minute, if they stand still, there's that that's good. That's a good thing. Let them stand quiet. And the conversation I had the other night with Brett and Tuffy about that, it made me realize that. I need to be a little more cognizant of that and let my horses just chill out. Yeah. You know? And it's not that I'm picking on them, it's it's more of me. And so now I've started to be a little more relaxed about this militant discipline that I have in myself and my horses that as long as you're sitting on them, you're training them. And in that and I always took that as to you're asking them to do something but even if you're sitting on your horse walking back to the barn on a loose rein and they're quiet that's still training them yeah. so i've had to drill that into my brain to where i feel comfortable with it and it's getting there
0: <laughs> yeah well it's and there's also like there's a time and place for it too like you know like you don't want your horse just grazing all the time like no you you know, like you want to you want their head up but if you're no, you come to, you let them get a drink and you're, you're, you're just bullshitting. Like, yeah, what what's the, there's no harm in, in letting them get a, get a couple bites, you know, like that, just let them, let them relax just like you are. It's, uh, same, like you're relaxing, they can relax. It's, uh, it's a team, team sport. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you're working, they're working. If, if you're relaxing, they're relaxing and it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, same thing like well whatever whatever is good for you is good for that horse too yep. and uh, and i I'm,
1: I'm starting to learn that is too er as well is that i can relax mm-hmm. and boy Matt, that for me relaxing is a hard thing to do without the anxiety but um, i'm getting better and better at it and and you know you know the wine yeah. helps
0: yeah <laughs> You know, I, I, the wine is, is, that's one thing I never really got into. I've, I've, uh, I've tried m- just about all the boozes out there and I like most of them. I'm not, I'm kind of a, kind of a booze hound myself, you know, like I, li- I like, uh, I like some of that, that, that sticky green stuff, but, uh, like I, I like, uh, you know, I, I'm like a beer connoisseur. I'd I like a good beer. You know, I just, uh, and, and for the record i like a white claw too because i don't like packing a whole bunch of pounds on you know like is that what you're drinking yeah yeah i'm a i'm a fan of the seltzers by the way like they're 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 good they're better for you than beer i like beer don't get me wrong you know, beer- it, I, matt
1: there's nothing wrong with that i mean i haven't had white claw but you know i will say that for quite a bit there i was drinking that twisted tea
0: i, I know a lot of a lot of guys that like that and i I didn't care for it because it was too sweet for me. Like I, it,
1: it, it's an acquired taste, and but in the South, sweet tea, mm-hmm. is sweet tea, and but you get the raspberry, you get the peach. It was like drinking a soda or something. Oh and, yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm, I never really got drunk off of it, but I know it wasn't good for me because of all the sugar. Yeah. And then I was drinking ranch water.
0: I like and, the ranch waters. Uh,
1: it it was all right, but. I just couldn't get into it. And so I just don't drink a whole lot of beer anymore. I just drink a lot of, you know, wine and whiskeys about mm-hmm.
0: it. Well, you're a sophisticated gentleman. That's why. <laughs> I, hey, fake it until you make it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> you can <laughs> fake being sophisticated yeah, all day this long. This isn't
1: coffee. This is <laughs> grape juice.
0: <laughs> there you go. I, uh, you know, I, I do like a, like a good red wine but i don't i don't drink much of it so like out out here we uh uh the basque food is a big thing so the, like the the bascos from the the basque region of spain mm-hmm. um and it's just like old world food you know it's like real real heavy like like comfort t- style food but it's fucking good and th- those guys will like if you ever make it out to Elko, we'll we're we're gonna come around to this show that we're putting together. But if you ever make it out to Elko, you got to go to the Star. If you go to you know in my part of the world, you go to the Heyday Inn or the JT. Uh, there in Gardnerville, but it's they're they're these these old hotels where they used to. It was like a boarding house, for, uh, in the winter for the the Bascos that came over to herd sheep, and um and they just brought their culture with them and and so in these these boarding houses when they'd serve dinner I mean, it was like it was like the Old West you know like uh, you you stayed at this boarding house and the the lady that owned it made dinner and everybody was served together so they called it you know they serve it family style in the same way it was, a, it was a restaurant and they and they still they they used to still serve it that way like they they just sit you down at this long table next to some random people and then they'd They'd bring out you know it's like a four course deal you have salad soup stew and then your your main course and um but they they'd bring out they bring out just these big bowls of soup and you'd uh you'd ladle it into your bowl and pass it down and it's a it's a pretty cool experience but um i forget where I was where was I going with that like what was the um
1: we were talking about. Uh, now you're going to make me think about it. Um, I was talking about wine and whiskey. And then oh, we were... okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wine. There we go. Yeah. So, um, but also with like the soup and the salad, they, they bring you just a bottle, uh, you know, like a glass jar of wine and it's just the house wine and it's, it's a red, red wine. And it goes so good with the food. And you're just like, you know what? I'll. Yeah, I, I kinda like wine tonight. But once I'm done eating I'm just like ah I'm I'm kinda over the wine. You know, it's like it's good with a meal and red wine in particular. I don't I don't care for white wine. Yeah, but, I don't
1: care for the whites.
0: Um but red wine with a meal is like especially with beef, like red wine and beef goes together really well. It does. Yeah.
1: It does. And I, I found that um that you know, I can drink some wine in the evenings just like we're doing now and I could still remember you know, going to bed and all of that, and what we talked about. But boy, if I get into the whiskey or the rum too much, yeah. I wake up the next morning wondering what in the hell what, did I talk to Matt last night?
0: <laughs> I'm I'm the same way. Like I, I like whiskey, and I I like uh like I like good tequila too. But um I I don't drink a whole lot of hard liquor. It just I I. I drink really fast. It doesn't matter what I'm drinking. I drink it really fast. So, like, if I'm, if I'm drinking whiskey, like, i I'd, I'd generally, you know, on the rocks just so I have to sip it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but, oh, and I was saying, like, so if you ever make it out to Elko or any one of these, these Nevada, uh, Basque restaurants, you know, like lunchtime, you order the steak sandwich and tell them to put garlic on it and they will put cloves and cloves of garlic spread it across the steak. So your steak sandwich is a piece of grilled bread, a New York steak on top of that. And then if you put garlic, then they just like either whole, whole cloves or they'll just slice it up and just like cover it in garlic. It's amazing. I already see myself making that. (laughs) It's, (laughs) it's good. I'll, uh, you have to look up the, you know, the Star Hotel or uh, the JT Basque uh, restaurant and take a look at their steak sandwich. like, the, cause you're, you're just getting a steak dinner with bread underneath it.
1: <laughs> That's Ain't what it no wrong with that. Yeah.
0: And then, and then they, uh, when they make their French fries, they, they throw a bunch of garlic in the oil when they fry it. So you get garlic fries. Yeah. It's a
1: garlic on a tennis shoe and I'd probably eat it.
0: It's same. Yeah. Same here. Garlic or, uh, or green chilies. Put See, that
1: on. I, I'm not familiar with the green chilies.
0: Oh man, that's uh. So, so what part of Texas did you grow up in?
1: San Antonio, so South Texas.
0: Okay, so um, yeah, it's it's more uh, more of a New Mexico thing than anything is the the Hatch green chilies. But there's there's this little area in well all of New Mexico, but then you get like uh in Colorado, uh like the Texas Panhandle, the Oklahoma Panhandle. A little bit in western uh Kansas, and then kinda all of Colorado is uh like it's a thing like yeah hatch green chilies you ever you ever uh, get a chance like if you're in anywhere in New Mexico, go to like the the local burger joint and get a a green chili cheeseburger and that'll probably be one of the best burgers you've had that already
1: sounds good
0: i it's it's ah, i'm that's another thing I'll fight a man over is green chilies. <laughs>
1: you're you're up there what northern nevada right at the california border
0: uh yeah so we're uh more central so like we're so we're like you know it kind of jogs like this and then goes straight north and we're just above the part where it goes straight north okay uh and so then like i well i guess we're right in there because like lake tahoe is like right where the like the the angle meets uh tahoe is just a little bit north of there and we're we're an hour south of, of Lake Tahoe. So. Right. But lo- so yeah,
1: are you getting like a two different cultures or are you getting two cultures that kinda blend into one coming from you know both states?
0: Um so my California people are pretty rad. Like they're they're ranchers and the, so like everyone in this valley that I live, um, if they run cattle like uh, you know, and they, they got permits and stuff, they run they 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 winter down here in the valley and they summer in California because we're just we're right on the line and <laughs> it, it's ranch country, but you don't have to go very far uh, west and you get you know the other part of California and I, California is the most beautiful place on earth I think like the as a state like it it's, it's hard to beat that place I don't know if there's anywhere that can beat it as far as like sheer natural beauty but man the people have fucked that place up so bad
1: yeah i've never been um we had a chance to to think about moving to santa barbara but it just never worked out but everyone told me that santa barbara is probably one of the most beautiful places you ever see but one of the most expensive places you ever live oh yeah
0: well and and especially you get down there in that southern california area like you don't have any seasons either. Like it just, it's kind of, you know, it gets hot in the summer, but it's still like 70, 75 in the winter. And, and the, you don't really have a, a winter. you know, it's just uh it's just kind of nice year round. And so it draws a lot of people and people pay big money to live there because it's nice all the time. And, but with, with all that money comes a lot of bullshit too. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I don't know it's I, I used to be like rabidly anti-California and as far as like I mean I still kind of am but I have a whole different perspective of uh, people from California you know and it's just like, like I said the my my California people are are awesome like they're uh, you know they're they're just they're good good country people you know like whether whether they whether they cowboy or not but like I know some really f- fucking salty hands from from uh, California. I mean, like, Ken, Ken, fucking cowboy, you know? Like, their, their hands. Well, um, they never
1: really show that, either. I mean, everybody thinks of California, and they think of LA, San Francisco, mm-hmm. or San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Northern California, I consider that, you know, pretty much Washington and Oregon.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and it's like, it's like the Eastern Sierras. I mean, that's essentially Nevada. It's, uh, but I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's cow, cow country, you know, and, and so li- different people live there. And, and yeah, they, they got California plates on them, but they're, they're no different than the, the guy over the line in Nevada. It's, uh, <coughs> yeah, it's when, it's when you get into the other parts of California that make it awful. Yeah. And, yeah, so, I, I mean, I only live 20 minutes from the, the border, but I don't go over there very often.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, it's weird living. I mean, I've got two borders. It's really close to me, but it's all pretty much just the same. Either if you go to Florida or Georgia or North Carolina, it's pretty much all the same. Yeah. And, um, but, like, in Texas, there's so many borders, and they're all different. Because the state's so big, but then you know I've never really been west of Wyoming, so that culture over there I've never experienced, but I've always wanted to head that way.
0: It's uh, it's it's different for sure. I mean, it's same same type of people, but it's still it's just it's a little different, you know. It's uh, it's a lot of big big country. Like there's, I mean, when you're talking Utah and Nevada. You know, Utah is sixty-five percent uh, public land, and Nevada is eighty-five percent public land. Oh my god! And so, I mean, you're you're talking huge parcels. Um, you know, it's particularly like you get out in like Elko County and and uh, in Washoe County, like the like northern Washoe County. I mean, those ranches are—I mean—huge spreads, huge. Um, and then they run a lot of cattle, but man, it's a uh, it's a shitload of ground and a lot of it's just desert, you know, and it's, um, it, it just, it's kind of like Texas used to be back in the day, but with less grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see.
1: And I, South Carolina, you're, you're, you don't see anything but pine trees.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's a whole different whole different world.
1: Yeah. There's, there is no wide open sky here. That's for sure. And, um, but, the ocean's pretty, so
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty, yeah. You know, so, um, after we talked the other day, so we're 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 planning on doing a a burning daylight does Carolina show, and uh, and so af- after we talked and uh, that Scott Warren guy that I had on uh here a while back, he's uh he's out of North Carolina. He's got a picture on Instagram. He was uh. They roped a steer out on uh, one of the islands in the Outer Banks, mm. um, and so he's got a he's got a picture of this steer stretched out with the you know right on the ocean. It was it was it was pretty rad, and um and so I I, I texted him. I was like, hey man, um, we're tentatively thinking about putting on a show down in South Carolina. How far are you from? Because you said you're like an hour from Charleston.
1: Yeah, about an hour from Charleston.
0: Uh, which what which direction?
1: Um probably northwest.
0: Northwest, okay. Yep. So yeah, you're you're closer to you're you're headed towards North Carolina anyways.
1: Yeah, it's not very far. Okay. Yeah, two hours.
0: Okay. So and and so I was like and, and he was you know, had his wife look it up and he said they were like like four or five hours from Charleston, something like that. Like not not far. Uh I mean I guess it depends on what part of the country you're from. Because <laughs> my part of the country, six hours, not bad. That's not, not a bad, bad drive. At
1: all. And, <laughs> and out here, you know, five hours, you're going through three or four states. So, yeah, yeah it's not bad.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, so anyway, so I was like, you know anybody that can play guitar a little bit and, and, and sing? Because I was like, we're just, I was like, I, and he said, I don't know about cowboy music. I said, man, I, uh, on the East Coast, I don't care if anybody plays cowboy music. It's just that uh, they play good music. You know, that, that's cause yeah, it's not, it's not cow country. And, uh, but he, he's like, well, I got a couple of buddies and, uh, he sent, so I, I sent him, uh, a video of last year's Elko show. And, uh, and so then he sent it to his buddy and he's like, he's in, he's probably in if the, if the, the timing's right. So I, and then, yeah, I texted you and I was like, well, shit, we might make this thing thing actually happen. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's not just, uh just pie in the sky talk i was like we might be able to actually put something on i don't whether anybody shows up or not i don't i don't care but it it'd be fun to do it anyhow
1: yeah no i think we got enough time to really really put this out there and 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 enough time to find people that would really be you know good willing participants in this and and i think for the east coast that's a great thing and yeah Mm -hmm. it's not cow country necessarily out here but my God, the horses, Matt, the horses out here. Oh yeah. Are just, and they're in, and, and yeah, like I've said before that the horses out here are way different from the horses out in your country, but a horse is a horse. And, yeah. but you know, that, that's what I love out here is, is the diversity of horses and the horsemanship and the disciplines. Mm. And, and it, it's. But the cowboy culture is is far and few in between out here. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It 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 can be different. It well, it doesn't have to be Elko. Let's put it that way. It can be South Carolina. It could be the Low Country or whatever you want to call it. But it can be its own thing. And well, and that's I, I've what got I'm a, about every day.
0: And I've got a a decent, you know. Following in the southeast, and you know, and there there are guys that cowboy out in that part of the world, but they're like you said, they're few and far between. But yeah. like I know, I've got people in Tennessee and Kentucky and Georgia and and North Carolina that listen to the show, and I know there's guys out there that that, that make their living a horseback, um, or at least you know day day work or something like they're they 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 at least cowboy some, and so like. And I say like it's it's all you know, the situations are situational, but like you get west of the Mississippi and if you don't live in a major urban area, you gotta drive a little bit to get anywhere. So like yeah. if we can do it, you Easter East Coast folks can do it too. And if like if we, we show up in South Carolina and you, you guys listen to the show and you're within, say, a six, eight hour hour drive of there, well come out and have fun like we're, yeah. we're gonna put on a show and we're gonna we're gonna drink some beer we're gonna tell some dirty jokes we're gonna we're gonna sing some songs probably pretty poorly but you know what fuck it anyways we're we're gonna we're gonna have fun doing it and it's uh yeah and we're, we're gonna write some poems and, and 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 just have a good time I, I that that's that's the thing it's just yeah yeah and you know it's that uh, like that's that's one of the the truest things about of all the romanticism of uh, of cowboy life is the, the cowboy going to town. They nailed that thing like because like <laughs> when when a guy gets to go to town, it's a party and uh, and shit gets a little wild because you've been out by yourself. It's just been you and your horse and sometimes a dog depending on if you, if you uh, take dogs with you or not. But um, yeah. It, is kind of a lonely profession. So when you go to town you make the best of it.
1: Yeah, and I think people get a kick out of that too, watching a bunch of cowboys make asses out of themselves, but having a good time and not really causing that much harm, but you yeah. know, it's all in fun.
0: Yeah. And uh and that's like that, that that's the kind of the beauty of Elko is uh and it's got pretty you know, like the actual gatherings kinda got, got pretty commercialized and you know, and, and there's a lot of a lot of the artists that go there that, you know, they, they, they'll, uh, they'll say cowboy poetry and they'll sing cowboy songs, but they don't, they don't actually really cowboy, but it's still like when, it, when it's in full swing, it's, it's pretty fucking cool. Like, you know, there, there's just hats of all shapes and sizes as, you know, everywhere you where everywhere you go in Elko on that weekend. And there's usually some drunk cowboy somewhere having himself a ball, (laughs) you know? And it's just, uh, it's just kind of a throwback to, to the old West, you know? And, and it's, uh, there's just something pretty cool about it. And it's like, it's Elko. We're going to get a little bit wild. And yeah. And,
1: and like in Elko, you're getting a, a crowd of, of pretty much all peers, all the same type of people. Yeah. And out here, you're going to probably get a few, well, let's just say a few hats and a whole lot of crowd that want that's to watch I, the hats. And, and guess you know, what? Those, that,
0: those people buy cowboy shit, too. They may, they may not do cowboy shit, but they might buy cowboy shit. Well, and that's, it,
1: that's that's they do. And since Ike Seiki started that sale out here a couple years ago, the whole West idea between Aiken and here has gone crazy for a little bit. It slowed down. It slowed down some. But Ike Sankey kind of brought that Western idea to Aiken and, and let people know that it's not all about English out here. You can ride Western if you want. And so people got on this big kick about it. And like I said, it slowly dwindled down. But there's no reason for that to pick back up and maintain itself. And if there's a presence that's consistent, then we can create a consistent culture, in a sense, and and sell shit.
0: <laughs> well, and also, um, like the the West, the old West, the new West. I mean, the just cowboys in general. There's chock full of stories of good hands coming from like New York City, or you know south carolina you know pennsylvania somewhere like they just they heard about the west and they wanted to go play cowboy uh were they a cowboy when they got there fuck no they weren't but did they make it a lot of them did a lot of a lot of the like the really like well-known and well-respected like sure enough hands didn't they didn't grow up out west but no uh
1: i cliff shit you know cliff shot for instance you know yeah I, i think it was new york is where he came from or something like that?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And, you know, he's a hell of a hand with the horses. Scott Shields. I think mm-hmm. he came from, was it Michigan? Something like that. You know, not Texas. Yeah. And look at him now, you know, in Graham, Texas. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I think the world of Scott Shields. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's not all good hands come from, let's say, east of the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and and so like I don't know, we we uh we, we put on a show and and we do you know cowboy goes to town for a night and but we do it in South Carolina, but you know there might be some some young young guy from South Carolina is like you know what fuck it, I'm gonna go out west, I'm gonna learn how to cowboy, and you know what he might come back home and and be a little better cowboy and, and do something uh to help spread that in in that part of the world you know it's, yeah, and
1: uh, and there there is you know i know a couple guys that did that and and they were like well i'm gonna head west and you know ride saddle bronx and i'm gonna get a taste taste of that and they went out there had a good time and came back home and i mean just like cliff you know he went out west for a good while and went to florida and having a great time in florida and that's you know you you hit on that matt and that's all I ever want is for somebody to be enthused about this crazy way we make a living.
0: It's wild. Like when you boil it down, we, uh, we go somehow capture this animal that weighs anywhere, you know, anywhere from 800 to 1500 pounds and we uh, wrestle it around, get on its back, and then we ride it around so we can go push around a bunch of animals that weigh anywhere from 150 to 2,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it's just, when you put it in those terms, you're like, that's a weird fucking profession, you know? <laughs> it's it's weird, but like, when, when you're in it, you're just like, it makes sense.
1: Yeah, and and, you know, even when I was a kid i mean honestly i never thought like who in the hell makes a living riding horses even though my mom was it wasn't on my radar because i was like you know what kind of you're not going to make any money like that that's just the way we grew up yeah and but now i look at my life and i'm like i make a pretty good living riding horses yeah um but it's not for everybody
0: no, it's not, and that's that's where like the romanticism comes into it because there's there's a lot of people that tried it, and there's a they're not many that stayed. You know, <laughs> it's uh, there there's there's plenty of people that have swung a leg over a horse and uh, and tried their hand at cowboying, and not many that stick it out for very long. Even good hands, like there's a lot of good hands that 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 hang it up because it's the, the burnout. Yeah, and and. and it, you know, honestly, like, when you're making your way, it don't pay very well. No. It really don't. <laughs> and, and sometimes they don't pay at all. Like, there's there's times you want to be invited to a brand, and then you're going to go work your ass off for that day just so you can get invited back. And then maybe somebody will uh, pick you up at day work sometime. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, there's times you lose money on it. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I I was pretty lucky this year in Elko. I, I left town with a little bit of money in my pocket, not much, but uh, but a little bit. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it, that that lifestyle is not for everybody, and uh, that and that's kind of what makes Boots so cool. Is like, man, he's he's ninety years old and he's still still doing it. You know, it's okay. like there's a lot of guys that flame out at like thirty, thirty five, <laughs> and uh. Ninety. It's still like j- coming off of a broken leg. Now he's still he's back horseback.
1: He's, yeah, I you know I I can't picture retiring not riding horses. Yeah. Uh. And and you know I know I've got to make some adjustments and I can't ride as many horses as I can, but I can damn well teach. Yeah. And that's kind of the you know, besides the whole fun I'm having with team rope and all of that, but clinics are starting to come back. Mm. And, you know, that's one thing, you know, I, I'll, I'll say to this day is I love to teach. And I've got someone that's very, very enthused about where I got two people that's very enthused about doing clinics at their different plantations. And so I'm super stoked about that uh, because that gives me, you know when i don't have anything to do i can teach and make money at it and you know if i can make money at it and why not and yeah. have a good time at it too
0: yeah and it's uh you know i i think i think that clinician thing like there's always been a demand for it but it got so it's kind of like everything else, you know. It, it gets commercialized, and you so like you get the Pat Pirellis and the Clinton Andersons, and you're just like, oh Jesus Christ, man! Like, yeah, sell me another two hundred dollar lead rope. Yeah. Sell me. Uh, I I got I got certified as a Pirelli instructor. I only had to spend twenty thousand dollars to get here. Yeah. And you're just like ah fuck, man! Like just teach people how to, how to. Breed a horse, you know. (laughs) Like that's that's really it. it
1: And when when people call me about doing clinics, I'm like, "What do you want?" Yeah. And you know, it's not about. I'm not going to come in there and tell you this, this, and this. What do you want me to teach? What do your clients want to learn? And I will do my best to accommodate them. It's not this formula. It's what do you want to learn? And if I can't if I can't teach you what you want to learn, I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to say fake it until you make it because at some point you can kind of do that. But I try to curtail what I do and I hate to call them clinics, but that's what we're going to call them. I try to do what the client wants, not what Mm. I want. Yeah. And that seems to work.
0: No, I think that's a good way to go about it because like, yeah. And and it's a good way like if i don't know how to teach you that so i'm going to i'm going to pass on that but yeah. yeah yeah but if if i can if i can do something with that yeah let's do it and th- and it gives you a way to it makes your it makes your cl- you know clinic's unique because it depends on you know situations are situational
1: yeah and, and and i think uniqueness in the horse industry is big time instead yeah. of being like everybody else Mm-hmm. Offer something different that benefits that person,
0: and that's and- that's what's always been good about the cowboy world is because everybody's fucking unique, like, yeah. and that's that's where you know, like the, the the buckaroo versus puncher argument, you know, like when you talk to guys that actually are, are good hands and they've been out outside of you know where they grew up a little bit, you know, like they've been around even just a little bit. All the good hands will tell you, like, "Yeah, I've worked with a buckaroo. I, I didn't understand what he was doing, but he was a good hand, and we got along good." Um, or, you know, I I didn't understand that tying hard deal until I went down to Texas, and then then I understood it, and I I tied hard, you know. And and, there, and like a good hand knows knows like what he doesn't know, you know, or uh, or he'll pick up on why. Oh, you do it. That's why you do it this way.
1: Yeah, he's able to make the adjustments.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and like all, all the good hands. So like, I, I that's, that's one thing where I still want to do the, the formal debate, but I, I, I feel like, I, I don't know if it's going to be a good debate because the only people that are going to truly argue one way or the other, uh, steadfastly are people that don't know shit. Um, yeah,
1: you, and you're going to kind of get your, ed- you worry about your edge lords, don't you in a situation like that?
0: Oh yeah, there's there's always people, I, but I, I I think I think it'd be fun. Um, but but I know like the people that would be arguing on on both sides. Like if the the people that are respected enough to where like I'm like yeah, you argue this point of view. There's not going to be a, a solid conclusion because they're both going to come to the conclusion that it depends on the terrain, your cattle, um, and and what you're doing because. Yeah, tying hard when you're when you're trailing cattle off a mountain makes no sense because yeah. uh, that that cow jumps off the mountain, that horse is coming with her. Going with
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> and uh, and the same way like uh, you're if you uh, try to throw a hula or your know, a big fancy del viento loop uh, in the middle of uh, a, a mesquite patch. When you you only got one swing to to get on that couch, and that's not going to work for you either. And then even if you do get her caught, you still got to crash through the brush, and uh, and yeah, that takes two hands a lot of times. And uh,
1: it, and and I wish there were. And this is the way I look at it. And and I'll just use this as it's just not a point, but just two references. You take a puncher and you take a buckaroo, strip their clothes off. Just put a regular old bridle, you know, on each horse and a regular old saddle and you throw that son of a bitch on that horse and both of them are going to perform. Yep. And you're not going to know one buckaroo or a puncher from the other because they're not going to have their chinks on or they're not going to have their shotguns on or they're not riding a, you know, uh, an Oliver saddle versus, you know, uh, uh, a Freckers, you know, something like that. It's their, their, their horsemen and their cowboys. Yep. And it all goes back to the can't fake it till you make it. You are what you are. And there should not be an argument between punchers, buckaroos, Californios, whatever. No, you know, we should all learn from each other and respect each other's discipline.
0: See, and, and this is why I always, I always compare it back to the military because it, I, I always view it just like the different branches of the military bickering back and forth. But when the fight is on, they're all working in unison. Like yeah. Air Force, Navy, Army, Marines. They'll talk shit on each other at any given chance. But if we're at war, we're at war and they're working together like a finely tuned machine mm-hmm. because they're soldiers at, the, at, at heart. Yeah. And the same way, like, yeah. You might be a buckaroo. You, may be like, you might be a Texas puncher. or You might be an Arizona puncher. They're totally different with some of the same equipment. Uh, you, you, might be, uh, you might be a Montana cowboy where there's, there's a lot of overlap there. Wyoming, Colorado. Uh, you might be from down south where you, like, you just catch cattle. Um, but you put them all in the same scenario and you say go to work. They're going to go to work and they're going to get it done and they're going to get it done well yeah in and your uh, own fashion yeah exactly
1: and, and it if you're achieving the end result by a different method you're still achieving the end result it doesn't yep. matter how it got done i mean in an efficient safe and all of, you know yada 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 but go catch a cow doctor it that's it a buckaroo yeah. and a puncher and a California, all those guys are going to get it done just in a different style.
0: Well, and, and then it just, you can go layer on layer of that. Cause I mean, like you, you take uh, your stalker guy versus your cow calf guy versus your feedlot guy. Like they, they all have different areas of expertise. And then, so like, you know, if you're, you're looking at something that might be sick, you're going to look at the stalker or the feedlot guy. I'm like, Hey, what do you think? Um and then the same way as like uh you got a you got a little brush trap and and there's that cow there and you're like, hey, who's tied on go get it uh or you might you might be like you know out in the open and you're like, hey think you can uh think you can rope that sucker without you know running her off and That's when, that's when you go to the buckaroo with a long rope and, and those are all all the fancy loops. Yeah. All right.
1: And that's something that I would love to do is go from the different styles of roping your cattle out in the pasture or you're doing what you do because, you know, I'm not in the cattle industry. I'm in the horse industry, Mm -hmm. but I can ride a horse. I can swing a rope. But the different styles are something that I would find absolutely fascinating to learn and to be able to go from right where I'm at today to Mississippi, to Texas, to, you know, Oklahoma, Colorado, Arizona, to Nevada, Utah, California, and mm. learn all those different methods. I think yeah. it'd be just one of the absolute just amazing things to be able to experience and Mm -hmm. admit to i don't know your method of roping teach me i want to go do it now yeah and that's a goal that i think is is just one of those things that sits in the back of my head but i don't want to go be a texas puncher i want to go be a hand at no matter where you put me yeah and i think it would be awesome to be able to just do all of it
0: See, that's that's my, my ultimate dream is just to uh, be able to have like a living quarters trailer and then just go day work in different parts of the country and film it, you know, and then at the end of the day, shoot a podcast with, uh, with the guys that I worked with, you know, and just like yeah. shoot the shit, you know, like talk about the day, what we did, and then, you know, and just like this, just shoot the shit, you know, like cowboys have the best stories. Well, cowboys military guys and, and then like, anybody that does hard shit for a living has great stories
1: it has great stories
0: great yeah. stories i mean so i mean like it's the same way with like those inner city guys that like like the union blue collar guys that's a fucking hard living you know and and you see you see some shit that we don't see and it's like i like talking to to guys and and, and throw you gals in there too, you know, because we're we're progressive and shit. But <laughs> like, p- but people that just do hard shit for a living and and love what they do, you know, like that's the, that's the not not so much that you just do hard shit for a living, but excel at it and, and love it. I I, key. I I love that shit, you know. I, like I don't care what the job is if it's hard and you're like it's one of those things where you're like. Either you're like, I don't know if I can do that, or like, man, I'd like to try it. Like, that's the people I want to talk to, you know. Yeah. And and the, the the cool thing about cowboying is like, the terrain is different all over this fucking country, and and so the cowboys are different all over. Yeah, and and, uh, and
1: I I absolutely love that because there there's a cowboy in every one of them, and most of them there's a horseman. Yeah, and I just. You know, I want to experience all of that and, you know, I don't want to get philosophical or anything like that, but oh,
0: let's get philosophical. I you know, love ph- anything philosophy. that
1: makes you a better cowboy or better horseman without judgment is bettering yourself and your mm-hmm. ability to do your job and makes you multifaceted as far as is if someone calls you up, you're down in Texas someone calls you up in Washington and says, I need a hand. You're able to go to Washington, go right to work Mm. instead of figuring out, you know, what's this long loop shit and all these coils in my hand, you know, why am I tied on, you know, instead of being able to make that, you know, make mm, that adjustment.
0: You don't have to be the best at everything, but like the more, you know, the better shot you have at getting paid. You know, because yeah. <laughs> if, if you can do a little bit of everything, like you'll fit in somewhere.
1: Yeah. It goes back to the, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I you know, it would be great to be a master of, of one thing, but then you're limited. And why yeah. not be a jack of all trades and be able to make the adjustments to wherever you're at. And, you, you know, the old adage, grow where you're planted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's some people where you're just like, "Oh, you should do that. Just keep doing that." You know, like that you have got something there. Like keep yeah. doing that. But everybody else, like, learn it all. <laughs> learn it all because yeah. uh, it just it makes you it just makes you more well rounded. You know, like learn It how does, to,
1: and, and I think the first step to that is saying, "I have not a clue what in the hell you are doing. Show yeah. me how to do it."
0: Yeah especially if it's something cool, you're just like, Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. How'd you do that? Yeah. What did you do there? oh like, yeah. uh, every time I see something like that, you know, like, uh, like I'll see a, a fancy loop, but, uh, and, I'll, and it, if, if it's, if I saw somebody in front of me throw it, I'd be like, whoa, 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 come back and explain that to me. Yeah. And if not, like if it's a video or something, I will watch it and watch it and watch it. And I, I mean, I mean, it's kind of how I did with this, this whole podcast thing. I, I had listened to podcasts for close to 10 years before I ever recorded one. So I, I kind of knew how it was. Oh, uh, I didn't good know one.
1: they were
0: that old. Oh, man. They, they uh, <laughs> it was like, I think Rogan started in 09. So oh <laughs> they've been around for a while. But I, I got into them because I got tired of listening to the fucking radio because uh, yeah. they play the same shit. And then every. 30 seconds there was an ad for five minutes and and so I, I just like i got tired of listening to that so i i found i don't even remember how i found found out about the podcast but when i realized like you just put them on your phone and then like, well okay so now i got to get the little cassette adapter so i can put it on in the pickup or the tractor or whatever i'm i'm doing or and then yeah on horse i was just well now now i've got a. Uh, something in my ear all the time. But it's funny when, uh, the first ride, I will, I don't listen to shit and, uh, you know, that, that's, be- that's between you and the horse. And then from there, we'll decide if I, if I can still listen to music or podcasts while I'm riding you. But that first ride, no, that's me and you. Like that, we are, we're there. I, I don't need any distractions. I, once I figure out what you're going to do, then maybe I'll, you know, like, it might, maybe it'll be three or four rides before I, I, I throw an earbud in, but some of them, you know, but that first one, no, no, that, I don't, I don't need any distractions. We're, yeah, we're figuring shit out.
1: Yeah, you and the horse, and that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you know, like, at this point, I've, you know, it's probably been six, seven years where I've, like, I'm, I'm listening to something while I'm on horseback most of the time, except, said so that first ride, and then, from there we'll we'll recalculate, and if it goes well then yeah probably probably I'm listening some to something while I'm on you next time, but if not, then we'll yeah, it, yeah uh,
1: I think the last time i I listened or I had earbuds in my ears, listening to music when I was going out to ride, I got flat assed bigger than shit. I mean this horse bucked me off, and to this day, Matt. I can remember what song was playing on my <laughs> what it was what? rock set
0: um, joyride. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. old school there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll use that for, for the, the theme song of the episode. How's that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would be great. I mean, cause I literally, that is the last time that I put earbuds in my ears when I went out, went out to ride.
0: That's I mean, funny. That
1: horse, I couldn't get off of him. Every time he, it was like a, like, you know, a guy throwing a pizza up in the air. Yeah, That's what this horse is doing to me. And the whole time I hear Roxette in my ear (laughs) and I'm thinking, how in the shit am I going to get off this horse? And then finally I hit the ground looking straight up and the horse is looking at me and I've still got Roxette blaring in my ear (laughs) and went back to the barn threw the iPod away, got back on the horse, off we went. And that was the time.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I, uh, you know, like like I said, uh, that first ride, I don't, I don't, I don't have any distractions. Like I take my belt off, I, I, I take everything out of my ears, and uh, you know, and I just like they Just me and me and the horse. We're we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. And you know, like you're always kind of tense. Like you're, it's hard to be loose first time you swing over. Like uh, it is. you, it you is, try to yeah. be as loose as you can, but like you you can't be too loose because then then they get away from you. So like you got to be firm. Yeah. Um and then yeah, and then there's that little brief moment where everything just kind of resets and then then it's on.
1: Well, Handsome. yeah, you're you're I mean completely in the present. Like there's nothing else going on in the world except you and that horse.
0: Yeah, cuz if you're not, you're going to you're going to get hurt.
1: Yeah. And and it, it's I agree with you that There is that little bit of of tenseness like, okay, I think I know what this horse is going to do. I think I read him right, but he's never been ridden. Yeah. And that's a very unpredictable situation. And even though you get on him and he goes around the round crowd 10 times at a nice trot, he's still my buck. Oh, yeah. Don't get too complacent or comfortable in the way he's going until you truly can accept the way he's going, because he's going to throw a pitch in there somewhere. But that, that to me, when you're throwing your leg over the horse for the first time is, I think one of the neatest things, because they're either going to buck or they're either going to go forward for you, no matter what you're on top of that horse and you're, going to do the best you can for that horse and for you and usually it works out for the better and to be the first one that's what i always got to kick out about riding young horses was being the first one to ever ride them the first one to ever do anything with them
0: yep i one Um, of the coolest things is like my my little yellow mare I, for the longest time, I was the only one that ever rode her, and then uh, I let my my wife ride her when we were gathering for a Brandon one time, and she's like, "Hey, she's got a pretty good handle on it." I was like, "God damn right she does. I've been working on that shit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like when
1: they say, "Wow, this horse has a neck grain on it." And like, yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, wow, this thing moves off your leg. Yeah, it yeah. does.
0: Like they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Like they're supposed we've been, to. Like, like, like I taught me, them. Yeah, like we've been trying to get them to. Um, uh, you got you got uh, another another 20 minutes in you? Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take a leak. We'll call that good for the main episode. We'll we'll do uh we'll do a little I don't even know what we're going to talk about on the Patreon side, but it's going to be good, you know that. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, go follow him on Facebook, Tommy Cassell. Uh, hell of a good guy. I enjoy this conversation, man.
1: Always, always.
0: Alright, well, uh, thanks everybody. If you'd like to continue this conversation, you go to patreon.com slash burning daylight. Sign up. I don't know if it's worth your money, but it's a fun time, so uh, please do. And uh, Tommy, thanks again. Yes, sir. And move your ass. We're burning daylight. <laughs> hey.